0: football is a way of life this is football chump all you gotta do when a man gets the ball is tackle him get it the man with the ball bring him down
1: football is about controlling that anger harnessing that aggression into a team effort to achieve perfection you fumble the football and i will break my foot off in your john brown hind parts and then you will run a mile you block about as good as a jelly donut you know that people can learn a great deal skillfully played football game
0: often. what civilized person would play a game with the skin of an innocent pig Stand, let's talk about playing football Here's Danger Dean with the BNW in the PNW. It's the Broncos Northwest podcast. And yes, my name is Danger Dean. Hello. Welcome to the show and welcome to the week. A very exciting, um, blessed is not a a word that I would typically ever use, but uh, we'll go ahead and say blessed week because yes, it is Super Bowl week. Uh, Lots to be excited about um, on paper. Then we take a look. And we see who it is. Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. As a Broncos fan, this is like worst case scenario kind of stuff. But uh, but here we are, staring right down the barrel of it. Uh, if you'd like to get a hold of the show, plenty of ways to do so. The social media, that's one of the easiest ways to do so. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all at the BNW podcast. Email is always an option as well. Broncos Northwest Podcast at gmail.com. Give us a call. Shoot us a text. Seven three one four danger Area code 731, the number four, D-A-N-G-E-R. Again, call, text. You want to be featured on the show? I got you. Uh, shout out to the Denver Broncos of Seattle Facebook page. I've had have had a lot of really good interaction there which is which is nice because being in Washington state having like-minded fans to relate to and and bounce things off of has been very, very helpful. So uh, thanks to everyone there that's responded and participated as well. Uh, Since it is Super Bowl week, we've got a big, big week on the way. We've got someone that's got a lot of knowledge with one of the teams that's going to be in the big game this Sunday from the Locked on Bucks podcast. We've got David Harrison joining us on the show. We'll get to him here in just a little bit. However, we've had another big week in Broncos country as far as the news goes. First off, on the quarterback landscape, things have changed drastically in the last week. Matthew Stafford no longer an option for the Denver Broncos. That's a name that we've talked about for the last week or two as a a possibility for a trade. Well, it's officially not going to happen because the Detroit Lions have traded Matthew Stafford to the Rams. Yeah, for a a crap ton of of picks and Jared Goff. So uh, that door is officially closed. We can say, uh, and, and the Denver Broncos were a part of the conversation with Mike Kliss reporting that Detroit actually asked Denver for Drew Locke. However, uh, Denver wasn't willing to offer him up. Obviously, Detroit decided to move on. What does that tell us about Drew Locke? That's the first thought that went through my head when I heard this. That tells me that not only do they plan on keeping him as part of the team, going forward but perhaps the plans and expectations from him remain much the same as they did in the 2020 season and someone recently said something that stuck with me matthew stafford and drew lock have the same amount of playoff wins so when you when you look at it like that maybe we we calm down off of the uh free agency overpriced quarterback talk, and now we can focus on what I've been saying, and that is consistency. Remaining consistent and having the team build off of what they already have with the coaches they have in place. And I guess we'll see what kind of job Stafford does in LA under a different system. I think that'll be interesting in itself. And of course, we can't talk about the quarterback um, situation without mentioning Deshaun Watson. He's he's the hot button. That's the hot name as far as quarterbacks go. Deshaun Watson right now, especially with Stafford being traded to Los Angeles. Spotlight is all on Deshaun Watson. And, and Mike Kliss is reporting that Houston, what they're expecting or, or looking for in a trade is two first round picks, two second round picks, and two young defensive players in a trade. That's what they're looking for. That's what they're expecting. Can we end the conversation now? Can And can we agree way too much? Like, absolutely, without a question. That, that is absolutely too much, especially for the Denver Broncos to be willing to give up. Woody Page is also reporting that Watson wants absolutely nothing to do with Denver. So, yeah, at this point, we keep locked. We see what we have, um, especially with a with a hopefully a full offseason or 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 more of one than he had last year. We're going for consistency. And I think at this point anything else would just would just be a distraction. So hopefully we can we can focus on Drew Locke and and potentially somebody that could create competition that won't cost an arm, a leg in in the best parts of your team. I mean, I mean, am I wrong for thinking that or, or wanting that? I think that's pretty fair. Now, what would present a problem would be giving Drew Locke some kind of competition and then this competition actually beating him out, then creating yet another, and I hate to say this word because it's, it's one that's been tossed around for years now, quarterback controversy within the, the team. So I'm hoping that the competition creates enough to give Drew Locke the push that he needs. That's the hope, right? Don't think that's too much to ask. All right, mentioned him earlier in the show. We've got him on the show coming up next. We're talking Super Bowl with David Harrison from the Locked on Bucks podcast. He's going to give us his insight and hopefully provide some relief in a potential Kansas City loss, like I'm hoping for. He's next. Call now seven three one four danger. Host of the Locked On Bucks podcast, David Harrison. Good buddy of mine too. What's going on, man? Hey, what's going on, Dean? Thanks for having me on. Appreciate you. Nah, no problem. So, uh, give us the the level of excitement right now in, in Bucks Nation.
1: Uh yeah, I mean it's at an all time high. I mean, I've I've been covering this team now for six years, so obviously, you know, I wasn't uh, around you know as in depth with the uh the Bucks fan base as, as when they, the last time the team won a Super Bowl um but social media and everything has progressed so much since since that since that time since those since the days of Derek Brooks and Warren Sapp and all that stuff so really diving in with this Bucks fan group and and being on Twitter and having the podcast and having the web outlet that that they can come in and comment anonymously which makes it really fun um yeah, I mean, they're just, they're, they're just over the moon excited. Even guys that were kind of mad that the team moved on from Jameis Winston uh, after last season are, are excited now and just kind of fully embracing you know, what what Tom Brady and this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team has has accomplished so far.
0: You brought up the fact that uh, there are members of Bucs Nation that were upset with moving on from Jameis Winston. You say that that's, that's been yeah. remedied. I think that's safe to say.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, to, to the, for the most part. You know what I mean? I think everybody now can understand and can wrap their head around why the team made the move that they did. Uh, you're always going to have you know fans of Jameis Winston within the Bucs fan base. There are a lot of Florida State fans that are also Buccaneers fans. So we go through it every year. You know, When Derwin James came out of the to the NFL draft, it was all about drafting Derwin James. When Dalvin Cook came out, it was the same. And then, you know, the next great Florida State Seminole to enter the NFL draft, a lot of Buccaneers fans are going to be clamoring to see them wearing pewter. Um. So it just, it just kind of goes hand in hand. But at the same time, you also have that, that elusive upside that Jameis Winston just was never able to fully kind of kind of lasso in. You know what I mean? You, you saw him hit some really good heights, of course, but you also saw all those negatives going in, whether it be the turnovers or just bad decisions and and so on. So you're always going to kind of have that what-if factor of what if Clyde Christensen had another year to mentor James Winston? What if he had another year under Bruce Arians' tutelage? But, I mean, the move was made not because people don't believe Jameis Winston doesn't have upside still to this day for his future career. The move was made because Bruce Arians isn't here to coach for another five years. He's not looking to coach for another decade. He's got for, for the most part, we all kind of assume it's maybe it's probably two more years at the most. And then he's going to hang it up for good. And he and his wife, Chris are going to move to their forever home. Like he promised they would do when he retired from Arizona. So this is kind of what this is all about is it's not just it's not about building a franchise that can be successful 10 years down the road, because a lot of the players that are involved in this from the roster to the front office, they're not going to be here 10 years from now. They're trying to win a ring now, trying to win a championship now. That's exactly what Tom is trying to do. So that's why the move was made. Okay, so let's be honest, at
0: the, the beginning of the season, um, or or even before that, when it was announced that Brady was the quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they announced this, uh, was the overall feeling that we have a good chance at getting back to the Super Bowl, or was it basically like, this is where Tom Brady is coming to um, retire?
1: It was a very 50-50, and it kind of falls in line with what we just talked about. Most of your most of your Buccaneers fans, and even media members who, who said that Tom Brady wasn't going to be effective, or he's 43 years old, he's. He's a system quarterback, all those cliches that we heard about, those were the guys who thought that the Buccaneers gave up on Jameis Winston too early. Whereas the people who basically knew it was time for Jameis Winston to move on to a different franchise, a different situation, and that Tom Brady still had the ability in him with, with the right weapons around him to take it to lead a team to the postseason, to the Super Bowl even, they were kind of on on board with it. So really it was kind of a fifty-fifty split. And I think you see as the as the regular season goes on. Every time, every time this team won, especially coming out of the bye and going on that winning streak towards uh, the end of the regular season, into the postseason, every time this team strung together strung together wins, you saw that one side that said this can't happen or it's too early or Tom Brady's over the hill kind of slowly move over uh, to the other side of the group. And now I'd say you probably got about eighty percent of Bucks fans, Bucks media, even national media now uh, are, are on board with what is going on because I mean you're in the Super Bowl, you can't. It's hard to, hard to argue that Tom Brady doesn't have the arm uh, to lead a team to the championship when they're literally playing for the Lombardi. Not only um, are you guys going
0: back to the Super Bowl, but this is a home game for the the Buccaneers, which is pretty incredible, assuming uh, they can pull off the win. Now, let's let's talk about that. If they were to pull off this victory, do you think Tom Brady plays another season? He continues to play, or do you think this is his riding off into the sunset moment?
1: No, he's coming back. I mean, he's already said that he's coming back next year, and I don't think winning a championship or losing a championship changes that. I think uh he has every intention when he signed the two year deal with the Buccaneers, I think he signed it knowing that he had every intention of playing two years. Now what happens after that is is still up in the air and kind of I think it'll kinda of depend on what happens in twenty twenty one. You know, if we do see some drop off in the arm and or, or some drop off in the in the mental acuity for for what he needs to do in the NFL, then maybe he hangs it up after twenty twenty one. Uh And, you know, if they win, maybe it helps them hang it up. If they lose and they don't make it back to the Super Bowl next season, then maybe it helps him stay motivated. You know, there's still kind of a cult following that thinks that he's going to come back on a one-year deal for the Patriots, try to make one more run with them uh, before he hangs it up for good. I don't know how that's going to play out. But we do know, at least from what he's told us so far and every inkling that we have, uh, he is coming back next year
0: talking with David Harrison from locked on bucks podcast here in Broncos country. We, we are, you know, we're, we're a little sad because we haven't had football in, in over a month now. And with this right. game in particular, there's a lot of um, bad blood. I, g- I guess you could say with uh, Tom <laughs> Brady and Patrick Mahomes, obviously if we're going to, we're going to pick the, the lesser of two evils. I think I, I, Speak for a good majority of Broncos country when I say that uh, we do not want to see the Kansas City Chiefs win another ring, especially back-to-back. So how right. can you assure Broncos country that the Bucks are going to pull this off?
1: I mean, I think it starts up front. It starts in the trenches, you know, and, and that's it's kind of a cliche thing to say, but I think it's, it's going to be incredibly important, especially with uh, as banged up as the Kansas City Chiefs offensive line is right now. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs have their first media availability monday afternoon for for super bowl week so we'll get a little bit more insight into what's going on there but the expectation is they're they're basically going to be working with kind of a piecemeal offensive line and and this defensive line is actually getting stronger vita vea who left the team uh, week five against chicago bears with, with an ankle injury was not expected to come back for the rest of the season but because they were able to push as deep as they did into the postseason was able to come back against the green bay packers most of us assumed 15 to 20 snaps or so was probably the ceiling. He ended up playing 33 snaps, and on every snap he played, all 33 of those snaps, he was an impactful player. Now, if you go back to that NFC Championship game, that first sack that Jason Pierre-Paul got on Aaron Rodgers was Vita Vea's first snap of the game. So, it just kind of shows you the impact a guy like Vita Vea makes in the middle of the top Bulls defense. And then you move on to uh, Good Morning Football on NFL Network, and he gets uh, he gets the uh, the angry run scepter. Uh, first nose tackle, I think, in the history of that award on on NFL Network to get that. So I mean, it just it just kind of shows the impact he makes. So the Buccaneers' defensive front is getting stronger with B2B coming back and Dominican sue is healthy. Will Golston is healthy. Uh, JPP is playing at about seventy seventy five percent, but he has been since about week fourteen. So you already know he's going to be uh, capable. Shaquille Barrett, you guys already know. I mean, he he won a Super Bowl with the Broncos already. But one of the things he told us when he came to Tampa is the reason he left Denver is it wasn't good enough to win. It wasn't good enough to be on a winning team. That was all great. He loved everything about Colorado and Denver, but he wanted to be on the field when the game started, and he wanted to be one of the guys that relied on the the team relied on to end the game when it was crunch time. That's what he's got in Tampa Bay. So this Super Bowl experience for Shaq Barrett is going to be a little bit different than his last one because he's starting the game. He's going to be looked at to close this thing out if the Buccaneers have a late lead. And those things right there, that front five, really, if you look at it, against that Kansas City Chiefs defensive line, I think that's going to be the key on how the Buccaneers are going to contain Patrick Mahomes and win this game.
0: And Shaq Barrett is someone that uh, I, I'm cheering for um, as a Broncos fan, oh. so that, that would be great to see him just completely wreck the Kansas City's uh, offensive plan. That's, that's kind of what, uh, what I'm hoping for on a personal level. Uh, the Bucks do have a lot of strengths, but do, are there any weaknesses with the team that, that have you worried when they're facing a team like the Kansas City Chiefs?
1: Yeah, I mean we've seen it. We've seen it throughout the season, and you know you saw it the last time the Buccaneers and the Chiefs met, and it was in Raymond James Stadium. So this team has a lot of confidence. Uh, that team being the Chiefs has a lot of confidence that they can do some good things against the Buccaneers' defense. Then sec- the secondary, uh, it's a very young group, and right now the the two starting safeties are both injured. Uh, you, you look at it, they probably will play. We expect at least Antoine Winfield Jr., who missed the uh, NFC Championship game, to be able to play in the Super Bowl. Jordan Whitehead injured his shoulder in. That championship game in Green Bay, he is, is a little bit more questionable right now. So we'll kind of see how things progress throughout the week. But even with those guys back in the lineup, I mean, Antoine's a rookie. Jordan, Jordan Whitehead's only in his third year. And then you have just youth all across uh, the landscaping. When you have a coach like Andy Reid and a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes that can in- improvise as well as he can. And then the talent, you know, Tyree Kill, Travis Kells, you guys already know all the names. It's a, it's a very dangerous group. So if that pass rush can't get home on Patrick Mahomes and he can't make him uncomfortable, get him off the spot, I mean, he already can make throws off the spot no matter what. But if they can't really kind of get into his head, knock him out of his groove just a little bit, then things could get a little bit dicey in that secondary. I think what this Buccaneers defense is going to build off of is what you saw in quarters two, three, and four when they played against the Chiefs. Obviously, quarter one, you just want to burn that tape, throw it away, pretend it never happened, go back to his quarters two, three, and four, where the Buccaneers actually outscored the Chiefs and actually contained them a little bit better. You're not going to stop the Chiefs from getting yards, even getting points. But you can't contain them. And I think the goal here, you've got to keep the Kansas City Chiefs under thirty points. If you can keep them under thirty points and your offense can take advantage of a Kansas City Chiefs defense, that honestly they're they're much better than if they can execute, then the Buccaneers have a have a strong chance of coming out. But that's where the the rubber's gonna be the road is that secondary.
0: And uh, you had mentioned it uh, a little bit earlier. You mentioned the offensive line that Kansas City is working with right now. Obviously banged up, depleted. They just lost their left tackle in the AFC Championship game, I believe. So do you think there are other weaknesses that they have to worry about? Or do you think that the offensive line is is pretty much the most glaring?
1: I mean, I think when you, the offensive line is the, is the biggest hole, I think, for the Chiefs coming into the weekend. But I think when you stack up these two teams, you know, if you put offense to offense, I think that you know, the Chiefs probably come out ahead as far as, you know, talent to talent wise, uh, just, uh, just a hair over the Buccaneers. But then when you stack up the two defense, I think mean, the Buccaneers defense comes in a little bit better than the, the Chiefs defense. So, you know, squad on squad, I think on paper, uh, you would say the Buccaneers have the most, more complete roster, have the more, uh, versatile, you know, unit on, on their team, on, playing, taking the field on Sunday, that is. Um, but you know, uh, we, we again, we've seen it and a guy like Patrick Mahomes makes up for a lot of those. Uh, deficiencies that the, that the Chiefs might bring up, so it's not enough to just contain Patrick Mahomes. You got to take advantage of the fact that this Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Leonard Fournette playing and on another level in the playoffs. Ronald Jones was a top ten running back during the regular season. This offense in Tampa should be able to do some damage against Kansas City Chiefs defense. The the question, of course, is going to be, can they actually do it when when the when the ball is alive, And that's what we've got to see because on paper. I don't see how this Chiefs defense can really come out there and expect to keep Tom Brady in the offense under 30 points. And the Buccaneers are undefeated uh, in 2020 when they score 30 or more points. Well, we're going to find out the answers to all
0: these questions this Sunday, uh, the Super Bowl. We're we're seeing two of the best teams in the league right now, two of the best quarterbacks playing right now. We've got Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, the Buccaneers, the Kansas City Chiefs. David, why don't you uh, give us your pick and your score?
1: Yeah, so I'm I'm taking the Buccaneers in this one. I think it's going to be a close match. Um, I'm predicting right now kind of a 42-38 to outcome. Uh, uh, Again, what happens with those Buccaneers safeties obviously has a lot to do with it, but uh, over at com, I had to go ahead and lay my prediction out on Monday morning, so I went with that 42-38 to score. I just feel like without those safeties, if they are indeed out for the Buccaneers, then the the Chiefs are going to score a few more points than probably expected, which is going to force the Buccaneers to not only keep up, but somehow find a way to surpass them. So that's where I'm sitting at right now.
0: Now, this Sunday, Broncos country is Bucks Nation, man. We're, uh, we're hoping for the best. And uh, you've got a few different projects you're working up. So if you've got social media or uh, your different shows you'd like to plug, uh, take the platform, man.
1: Yeah, I'm on, on Twitter at D Harrison82, uh, covering the San Bay Buccaneers that like we've been talking about, obviously, for SB Nation over at BucksNation.com. And then five days a week at the Locked On Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And I just started Monday covering, co hosting the Locked On Washington football team podcast as well with Chris Russell from Sports Illustrated and many others. So you can also find me talking Washington football over there five days a week.
0: David Harrison, thank you so much for being on the show, man.
1: Absolutely, Dean. Appreciate you. The closest
0: he's ever been to the game is this show. It's the BNW Podcast with Danger Dean. Another huge thank you to David Harrison. Again, Locked on Bucks podcast and the Locked on Washington football team podcast. Catch him on, on both. Very knowledgeable dude. Very cool guy. Pleasure to have him on the show. Last week's question: As a Broncos fan, who are you going to be cheering for in the Super Bowl? Brady and the Bucks, or Mahomes and the Chiefs? Maybe you're not going to watch. <laughs> it's so depressing as a as a Broncos fan. <laughs> yeah, it's like lose lose. I'm picking the Bucks because I'm not I'm not picking a team that's in the division. That's absolutely insane. How did you feel about it, Mike? Tattoo Face Mike, Big Mike, my dude, uh, Brady, but I won't be angry at KC winning. And he's a very, very passive guy. Not me, not me. Very angry, very angry if they win a back-to-back championship. And I have no shame in admitting that whatsoever. Uh, My dude Wang, Chris, Wang's his radio name. As much as I don't want to, I'm cheering for the chefs. I mean, Chiefs Uh, off to a bad start there already, man. And I know they're in our division, but I'm a big fan of Reed and Mahomes is going to be good for a long time. That should make you depressed. That makes me depressed. That's the the worst thing about it. We're going to have to deal with this for years. He also says, bring some much needed competition to the AFC West plus Boo Brady. Uh, Less competition, please. Less Brady. Maybe he retires after this whole thing's said and done, right? I mean... He did recently say that he could see himself playing past 45. I'm I'm really just hoping that a win in Tampa Bay like inspires him to live the rest of his life happily without football. A man can dream, right? My friends over at the Denver Broncos fans of Seattle Facebook page Nate said Shaq Barrett and F the Chiefs and the Bucks, but Shaq I can go for. Brady just Happens to be there. I, I like that. You know what? I like that. It's it's not Brady in the Bucks anymore. It's Barrett in the Bucks, baby. I love the silver lining. I love the silver lining. Another one from Shannon in the in the form of a meme with a picture of Pat Boland, Mr. B, connected to it. It said, No Denver Broncos fan shall wish any divisional rival team any Super Bowl success. Um, as if that was quoted by Mr. B. Is that really a Mr. Bolan quote? Because if that's the case, then we honor Mr. Boland and we do not cheer for the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm, I'm, I'm a little perturbed that I would even have to say this to a Broncos fan. But I don't think that's a real, real quote, though. I, I like the sentiment. William says, Bucks, Richard, as much as I don't like Brady, I can't have the Chiefs with back-to-back Super Bowl wins. Go Bucks. I don't want to mispronounce your name. I probably will, and if so, I apologize. Avalok said, I don't think anyone who isn't rooting against the Chiefs is really a Broncos fan. That's it. That's exactly how I feel. If you're a Broncos fan, we are not cheering for the Chiefs. Are you crazy? We don't want the Chiefs to win another ring. We don't we don't cheer for the teams in the same division. Not ever. I don't think it's any surprise. I've already said. I am going for Brady and I'm going for the I Buc- I'm sorry. I'm going for Barrett. For Barrett and the Bucks because we don't we don't cheer for teams in the same division, not ever. Especially when there's a ring on the line. I might start pulling fan cards. Yeah. I I just might I mean un- unless you're bigger than me then I'll just make fun of you behind your back like a grown-up. And the rest of the Facebook page ha- had a really good time with this. Uh, it was split about 70-30 in favor of the Bucks. But it looks like it comes with a caveat. If he wins, he needs to retire. Right? Like, he's 97 years old. How much How much football could he possibly have left? Thank you so much for all your comments. Want to be featured on the next episode, Assignment Broncos Country. What does the Broncos' interest in Matthew Stafford tell us about their feelings on Drew Locke? Are they ready to move on since they inquired in the first place? Or do they plan on keeping him on as their long-term plan since they refuse to give him up in the trade? You can sound off at the social media pages, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all at the BNW Podcast. Email is broncosnorthwestpodcast at gmail.com. And of course, you can always, always, and I mean always, text or call in to seven three one four danger. That's 731, the number 4, D-A-N-G-E-R. Leave a message and you'll be featured on the next episode. Whether you agree with me or not, you think I'm wrong? I'm always down for a good rebuttal. As always, thank you so much for hanging out with the BNW Podcast. My name is Danger Dean. Until next time, bye.